For my avid listeners, first of all, thank you. I so, so appreciate you. Second of all, you may remember that a few episodes ago, about five to be exact, I did an episode on Podfade. I actually learned about Podfade from my good friend, Alex Sanfilippo, founder and CEO of podpros.com, Podmash, Podcast, SOPN, Pod Lottery. He does a lot, this guy. It was a few months ago he brought this term up with me. It was the first time I had actually ever heard it. And as I looked more into the stats he had mentioned, the more fascinated I became about why Podfade happened, especially because it happened to me once. Okay, I lie. It was actually like twice. If you heard that particular episode I did on Podfade called The Secret to Avoiding Obscurity with Your Podcast, you would know my hypothesis about why Podfade happens and the particular solution I have for it. But I so enjoy hearing other perspectives on topics I have views on, and Alex had another take on why Podfade happens. So I had to have him on this podcast to talk about his hypothesis about why Podfade happens and the particular solution he has for it. So in this episode, I'm joined by Alex Sanfilippo as we discuss how you can avoid falling victim to Podfade. My name is Deidre Shen, CEO and co-founder of Capture, the world's first AI-powered podcast copywriter, and this is the Grow My Podcast Show. My name is Alex Sanfilippo, and I am the founder of podpros.com. It is a company that is focused on helping podcast guests and podcast hosts get the most out of podcasting. We are here to serve independent podcasts, and we do that through software. So we just create different software services for people that are finding problems, let's put it that way, or at least identifying the problems for us and telling us, hey, I'm having trouble finding guests for my show or being a guest. We'll build a software for that, right? Or any other form of thing that we're finding that is just kind of a cog in the system, if you will, when it comes to podcasting. Our job is to try to help everybody make it as simple as possible. And so I, I'm, I'm full through and through podcasting and, and it's absolutely an industry that I love and care about. Hey, you. So you just heard about how much Alex cares about supporting the podcast industry and some ways he's doing exactly that with his software solutions. And one very tangible problem he's helping to solve is this phenomenon called Podfade. And that is exactly what we're going to be discussing today, how you can avoid falling victim to Podfade. But before we get into that, I was super curious about how Alex even got into the podcasting industry. I was in the aerospace industry and I, I loved it, the corporate life. It was fun. I enjoyed it until our, we were, I was with a company that went public. So it was like a privately held small business where I could like really, not, I'm not saying do whatever, but if I had an idea, we could implement it and see if it did anything good or bad, right? And then just revert back. But as soon as you go public, there are no more games like that. Like there are structures, there are procedures. And here's the thing. I, I was like, I, I just knew it wasn't for me. And I'm gonna give this disclaimer, my last year at that company was my best. So I wasn't the guy who just stopped showing up, right? Like I was just a, a, a person sitting in a chair and hating my job and talking bad about it. No, I worked really hard to my last day, but I knew about two years before I left that I wanted to leave. And so what I did is I actually started a podcast and, and here's why, because that's not necessarily like, starting a podcast doesn't mean leaving a corporate job usually, right? But what it did and my, my strategy was I need to talk to some people who have successfully left a nine to five job to become entrepreneurs full time. And I was like, they're too expensive for me to afford their coaching. 
But I've heard if you have a podcast, they will give you an hour of their time for free. So my lightning fast mind was like, I'm starting a show. I'm going to talk to people who want to leave a nine to five job to, or, or sorry, have successfully left a nine to five job to become a full-time entrepreneur. And so that was my introduction and to, to podcasting, if you will, like for real introduction to podcasting. And that's kind of what led me on this journey of becoming an entrepreneur myself, but also falling in love with podcasting at the same time. Okay. So Alex was actually still working in his corporate job when he started his podcast. But surely his podcast wasn't providing enough for him to quit his corporate job, right? Yeah, it's definitely a transition. So I don't want anyone to think it was like the flip of a switch, right? And I had been in the corporate world when I left for 15 years. I learned a lot of skills along that time. So I'm I'm not saying that like I was necessarily more equipped than just the average person. But if you were just getting out of college, I had 15 years experience on you, right? Like, so I understand how to run a business, how it worked. But now I was talking to real entrepreneurs that had done it successfully. And my, my show did exceptionally well, which I'm very thankful for. And I just really implemented what I was learning. And the show did good because people were like, man, this guy's learning. I can learn by listening to this show as well. And so it, it, again, I want to make it very clear. It was a transition. It wasn't just a flip of a switch. But basically, a year into the show, I realized, okay, this is basically the formula of being a good entrepreneur. And it came down to like what I just described is like, this wasn't what anyone guessed at. It was kind of accumulation of a bunch of them, but find an area of passion, get into that community, find a problem that community has and offer a solution for it. And obviously I'm really simplifying that because it's not our main focus today. But again, find the area of passion, get into the community, find the problem, offer the solution. And that's exactly what I decided to do. But I decided that where I wanted to be an entrepreneur and apply what I learned was in podcasting because I just, I loved it so much. Like I enjoyed being behind the mic, but I also enjoyed the community of podcasters and I'd gotten really involved. So for me, I learned what the problem was by speaking in a, a, an actual in-person event back in early 2020. And I just got off stage and asked, Hey, is anyone struggling with anything in podcasting? Like, what is it? And I just kept on hearing the same response. And to me, I was like, that's the problem that I identified. And I just went home and built a solution more or less. And what, when it started taking off, it was definitely a calculated risk to leave a corporate job. After 15 years, you can imagine the perks are quite intense, right? Like you've got a lot going with it. So like leaving is not just the salary, it's a lot of other things. But the writing was on the wall that I was going to sacrifice what was good, that job, for the sake of potential great. Because I believe what I was doing in podcasting was going to become really great. And so I just took the, the calculated risk and, and had courage and, and made the jump, made the leap. And that's kind of what set me into entrepreneurship and podcasting full time. And I can say hand on heart that the podcasting world is all the better for this decision. But did you know that Alex has a hidden secret? One of my not so proud moments was that I alluded to earlier was many years ago, probably I think it was 2016. So I say many years ago in podcasting, podcasting years are like dog years. So that's, that's a lot of time. Um, so that's like, a, that's way back. I started a podcast. I did about 12 episodes and then just quit. And that was the exact definition of pod fade, what happened. Like I actually had people listening and I was just like, eh, it's too much work or I, I don't really know where I'm going. And so I stopped and never really thought about it again, unfortunately, until later I had the opportunity to, to start another podcast and right, what we already talked about here. But I, I realized at that point, like when I started my show that I needed to have a more intentional plan because pod fade is a real thing. And then not only that, like when I started the show, here was my issue. I, I was a corporate guy, as I just explained, right? So if I wanted to bring on CEOs or any C-suite people or CMOs or any, anybody like that, right? Like I could easily just pick up the phone and I could have a hundred different people, but I wanted to talk to entrepreneurs. Deidre, my, my entrepreneurship, let's put it this way, network was three people other than myself at that point. So those three people, uh, I asked all three to come on the show. And then I asked all three to come back on the show. 
And then I asked all three to come back again. And they started saying, dude, find some other entrepreneurs. Here's somebody else. And so I struggled, struggled so bad to be able to find somebody to actually come on the show. And in my mind, I, I had the plan. I had already pod faded before. So I was like, I'm not going to let that happen again. I know people are listening. I know it's helping people. It's helping me as well. I'm going to press through this. But I never forgot that. And like I said, my show did really well. So I kind of hit that point where the, the guests would just show up, which is a place to be that I'm very thankful for. But that does not happen ever to most shows necessarily. And so I, I am thankful for that. But that was always in the back of my mind of like, I quit once and I almost quit again, even though I told myself I wouldn't because I was having trouble, right? And when I was talking about that, that podcasting event I went to, everyone was talking about the same struggle. They were having trouble finding guests for their show. And many of them were saying, I had to take like the whole summer off because I couldn't find anyone who wanted to be on a podcast all summer. Like I just couldn't find it. And that was the initial problem I went out to solve. But when I looked into this idea of pod fade, like as I was going through this, that's not the only problem. There's a bunch of them. But the issue is the fact that it's just more than people realize it's going to be. There's some false expectations around it. And when it comes down to it, after the end of the first year, so 365 days, 90% of people who started stop. And I just think that's really sad because sure, there might be some people that maybe should have never started one in the first place, but I like to think at least half of those people are purpose-driven. They have a plan for it. They know what they want to do and they just can't stick with it. So to me, like that's a huge failure rate. 90% is, is crazy, right? It's so crazy. So what's your, either your hypothesis or your findings in talking to people about why PodFade actually happens? Yeah. The, the very first reason is the one that, again, some people, like I said, they maybe shouldn't have started podcasts anyway. A lot of people see, I'll just use this example because he is the most popular, but Joe Rogan. So every, every podcast episode has to reference Joe Rogan, by the way, that's like a requirement in podcasting. So you, the people look at Joe Rogan's of the world. They look at Renee Brown's of the world. They look at these big podcasters and say, I'm going to do that too. My goal is to quit my job in six months and become super famous and people line up my door. They want me to autograph their podcasting mics. Like this is like the plan, right? And that's just not the reality of what podcasting is. And, and yes, there, there are the very, very few exceptions, but most people that are really big in podcasting were already famous in, in their avenue, wherever they are. They already had some sense of fame. They already had something going for them that caused them to get millions of downloads. And really, I just think that that focus is very selfish to be like, I want to get famous. I want to get rich. I don't think that this is the right way to, to, to do that. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of easier ways than podcasting to do that. <laughs> there sure are. So for those of us who know there are way easier and faster ways to become famous than podcasting, who want to get serious about our podcasts and not fall victim to podfade, what do we need to do? This is the question, question, the question, or the question that Alex is going to help us answer when we come back from this short ad break. Are you ready to reach more people on more platforms in a lot less time with your podcast? Well, it's time to meet every podcaster's new best friend, Capture. Capture is the world's first AI-powered podcast copywriter and the fastest way to market and grow your podcast. In just 10 minutes or less, Capture will turn your episode audio file into an episode title, description, show notes, social media captions for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and TikTok, a promotional email, blog post, LinkedIn article, YouTube description, and full transcript. All of the drafts it creates for you are fully editable and downloadable. 
All you have to do is just upload your episode audio, wait for it to generate the drafts for you, and view and edit these drafts and download them to use in all of your marketing content. But before you think that Capture was just another robot that just writes words for you, I have to tell you about what makes Capture different. You see, Capture's AI has a very robust mix of human intelligence mixed into it. Capture was created by marketers so that every piece of copy it writes for you is infused with content honey traps so that your podcast episode stops the scroll and hooks your audience in to listen. But don't just take my word for it. Capture is offering you a free trial so you can see the magic for yourself for your podcast. Sign up takes less than 30 seconds and nope, there is no credit card required. Just head on over to www.capture.com and sign up for a free trial. That's www.capsho.com and sign up for a free trial today. Have you ever had that feeling where you've been podcasting for a while and suddenly it feels like it's a little much and maybe you just want to stop? Perhaps you're feeling like that right now. You're building a really valuable asset in your podcast. You're creating content. You're building an audience. Even if it might feel like a little bit of a slow going. So I want to encourage you to not stop. And help, to help us not stop, to not pod fade, I am joined by Alex Sanfilippo from podpros.com, who is going to take us through the, his three secrets to not pod fading. The number one thing is to have a properly aligned why, which to me, your why has to be focused outward. It can't be on you. It has to be on the service that you provide to the world. And if you have that wrong, I don't think you're going to make it in podcasting. Even the most gifted people on the planet. Like I know somebody, Hollywood A-list person, he happens to be a friend of mine. And he's like, dude, I quit. He goes, I, I, I never grew my audience from it. it was too much work. I didn't want to do it. And I was like, man, if you're quitting and you had literally, he showed me in the first week, he had millions of people listen to his show. And he's like, yeah, it was too much. It wasn't worth it. And so like even saying that, like if you're not famous already and not a multi-bajillionaire, don't start for the wrong reasons, basically is what I'm getting at. Actually write it down. A lot of people claim they know it, but when it comes down to it and you ask them about it or ask them to write it down, they're like, it's kind of, or it's sort of, or I think like those are the wrong words. You don't have a really solid why if you're using that type of terminology. It needs to be I exist and I share content for this reason and this purpose. And the more narrow focus you can get on that, the better. Like you don't want to be broad. You don't want to be like the podcast that serves all people with good times, right? Like that, no one's everybody. So that's not going to work very well, right? What you want to do is find that again, that area of passion. It works much like starting a business as I talked about. So you want to find that area of passion and serve that community alone. So example, in my free time, I really enjoy playing soccer. So it'd be great if I started a soccer podcast that was focused on people that play in the midfield because the Fords get all like the, you know, they get all the the love, right? They're, they're scoring goals all day, but the midfielder runs back and forth like crazy, right? So like a show for the midfielder, right? Something like that. And like my, my passion is to motivate and inspire those people to continue to play and get even better at their position while serving the other positions. And I'm just using this as an example. I don't have any plan to do this, but that's a, that's a good why. Like I, and that's all based around entertainment. You might have something that's even more purpose-driven, like something around the lines of like getting mental clarity getting over a past relationship, like getting out of abusive, abusive relationship, like these type of things can be a really powerful why. But step one, again, is to know it and actually have it written out. 
Okay, I'm not going to lie. I got triggered by this a little bit because even though it is such a simple, fundamental advice that he shared with us, I have not done this for my own podcast. Eevee jeebie. So I'm going to take a minute while Alex goes into step two and I'm going to write my why down. I want you to write yours down too. Okay, cool. And we can compare notes. So shoot me an email at hi at capture.com. Let me know your why and I'll reply with mine too. Deal? Okay. So let's get into step two. Step two is after you know that is to, de- to design an avatar. So you want to basic, and I say avatar, it's your ideal listener. And usually it's a fictitious character. You can think of some real people, but sometimes I think it's better to actually make a story of your own. And what you want to do is build this character out to support the why that you have. And so again, this avatar, basically, let's, let's just continue the same example. It is the let's say 25 year old soccer player they are now just playing in rec leagues but they still run into the same problem everyone just wants to score goals but they're in that position never getting recognized right like you want to actually create this character they play every saturday and sunday nights because they're busy working all day during the week but they want to keep their energy up as well so now that just gives me a key you know what i can have a guest on to talk about how to have enough energy on the weekend to play soccer two nights a week right like that, that's just an idea but the thing is you want to have that really defined well and here's why because it goes back to your why But two, it helps you to always filter guests really well. Because if there's one thing a podcast host is, they are the wall between the listenership and the guest. So if you're doing an interview of any type, I decide if you're going to be the right fit. And some hosts are just like, anybody can come on my show. And I've always found that to be a shame because the listeners, you're protecting them. And it just takes a few bad experiences for them not to trust anymore. If you're just letting open borders, everybody come in, right? Like that doesn't work in podcasting. What you want to do is filter it against that avatar that you created. So remember that avatar ties back to the why, but that avatar is really important for you to be able to basically say, you know what? This guest wants to talk about how to start a business or like a side hustle. And they're trying to spin it as, oh, well, you can play more soccer if you have a side hustle. But that that doesn't really fit, right? So it's an easy no in my mind. You can basically say, hey, my fictitious character, which I think you should name, mine's name is Adam. So basically I'd say, well, Adam really wouldn't get value from that. So no, you're going to be the wrong fit. And, and so I think being able to have that is my second step that I think is just really important to make sure that you're protecting the audience because you're going to grow more know, like, and trust with these people. And eventually they're going to invite their friends to check out what you're doing as well. Okay. This is what I have done. Phew. I haven't completely failed the pod fade test yet. You may know by now that I'm talking to experts who podcast. Who are you talking to? Who is your avatar? And while you ponder that, let's get into step three. So third step is a completely different topic altogether. But I just think, again, if we don't have the why and who we're doing it for correct, the rest of it kind of doesn't matter. And I think many of us, we skip those steps. So that's why I'm just making it known that I'm about to shift gears here. But that's why I always make that number one and two, because that really is the foundation of everything in podcasting. If you get that right, then you can focus on what I'm going to share. The next is the system side of things. So getting into how you actually produce your show, what you're actually going to do with it. Because here's what what I found. So many podcasters just, they pod fade because they're stressed out or they're feeling like disorganized. And when I talk to them about their systems, they're like, oh, I just remember all the steps. Or I've got this whiteboard here. I've got some sticky notes over there. I've got a notepad here. I got an Excel spreadsheet there and it's got everything on it. And I'm not saying that you need to like invest in something crazy, like a full tool set or anything like that, or like have some automations or built in or anything like that. But you at least need to get it all organized in one place and ideally out of your head. Uh, The famous productivity expert named David Allen, getting things done is his methodology that he created. He always says that your, your head is for having ideas, not for storing them. And so many of us, what we do is we, again, 
we, we basically have that why, we have that ideal, like we know who we're, we're serving. We bring on a guest and we say, okay, I recorded it, what's next? Um, next I edit it, oh no wait, I have to come up with a title first and then I can send in for editing. No wait, there's something else in there, right? And the problem is that develops a lot of stress because you're always, your mind will never stop. What you want to do is actually build out a set of systems. So what I recommend doing, if you're already podcasting, you're gonna get started. If you haven't started yet, seek some advice on this. Talk to somebody who's good and ask them what their system is. That's, that's the best thing to do. If you already started and you're like, oh shoot, it's all in my head or on sticky notes. What you wanna do is just take a notepad. I always say pen and paper and write down every step that you do. So basically, even while you're doing it, be like, okay, I just finished editing. Okay, I just did this, I just did that. Write it all out. And once you feel that you've written it all out, go check again, because you probably missed half of it, right? And then do it one more time. Once you do that, now what you wanna do is look for a way that you can batch these things. So if you're saying, okay, uh, after I'm done with, I, I record the inner intro and outro separately every time I record that. Well, here's the thing. If you could actually just get four episodes done, let's imagine, then at one time you can go in there and record all four intros and outros instead of setting up and breaking down if you're doing that right. So you wanna be able to learn where you can batch things, how they can go together. And then you wanna look at, okay, can I delegate any of this stuff? Do I even need to be doing any of this stuff? Is there a way that I can just cut that part out? You wanna be looking at that. And my, my thing is you want this to become a living document. Many people call this an SOP, a standard operating procedure. When you get this done, you're gonna alleviate stress and you're gonna figure out how to really stream on the process. Cause podcasting does take time, especially initially. But once you get this really down and develop that system, you can just open up a checklist that you have somewhere or wherever you decide to store it and basically be like, cool, I'm on step five because I already edited it. Here's what I'm doing now. Okay, I've got four episodes. I can do all these intro and outros together. Good to go. You could be a month ahead in no time at all, but I find that people don't do this. And the day of the episode coming out, they're still working on stuff. And I think that that's a real shame. And that's what causes pod fade because it just takes one week where you wake up and you don't feel good anymore. Now you stopped. And that's really hard to start back up once you've stopped. So develop a system is my third point. And this, this is the crux of Alex's hypothesis on what exactly why Podfade happens. Because a lot of us don't have a system and we get so overwhelmed with everything we need to do for our podcast that it all gets so, so much. Now, I don't know about you, but I learn best from modeling. And so I couldn't help asking Alex what his process is so that I can learn from someone who has a Let's call it a pretty robust system. Yeah. So there, there's seven of us that work on the podcast now, but at one point I will share that it was only me. So it was just me at one point. And then thank God my wife helped me out because the scheduling side of things, what I was bad at, I always had wrong days and stuff like that. Anyway, so she helped me with that, but initially it was just me. So obviously the, the big points are number one, like interview the guests, right? But right before that is also do my research. So I wanted to do my research, not morning of. So if I'm interviewing a guest at 10 AM, I don't want to be up all night trying to figure that out. I want to basically say, okay, a week before buy the book, read the book, right? Because I, I did a lot of research with my guests. It's like, I've always been like that. And then, so do the interview. The next thing is to make sure that I'm getting it ready for editing. So get all the, the files together. And what I'm gonna do is I actually like to put it in my calendar because same thing I was talking about how I like to batch things. So what I'm gonna do is I'm actually gonna try to re re edit, I'm sorry, interview with four guests in one week. And then that's my next four weeks of content. So now like once I'm done with all that, I've got it all organized. So that's like part of the steps, but then it's editing. And yes, I'll spend half a day editing, sometimes even more, sometimes five or six hours, depending on how the guest was, right? And what they shared and, and how appropriate it was. But anyway, so I'll basically go through and, and I'll, I'll do all the editing. And then the next day, I'll, I'll do my intros and outros. I'll stitch it all together. So I'll, I'll do all this stuff again, like kind of in a sequence. I just call it batching. So getting it all together. And then from there, I'm, I use tools like social media schedules, schedulers and stuff like that. So I'm not like morning of being like, okay, what is today? No, I'll go in there. That's another big point. I will go in there and pre-schedule everything for social media. 
The goal is basically in this one week that I work on it, I'm done for the whole month. So I'm not saying I take three weeks off. I'm now doing guest research again, figure out who I want next, right? But I'm ideally taking one week, really busting it out, right? Like getting it all done so the rest of it I don't have to. So everything is kind of built. Once again, big highlights being like research the guest, interview the guest, record my intros and outros, do all the editing at the same time, schedule on social media where I want things to go. And those are kind of some of the high points that I do. And, and those are, to me, if you're doing an interview podcast, those are some of the biggest ones. Now there's a ton of different things that people do. And I have a, like a bunch of little micro steps on like email the, the guests the, the morning of, like, so I'll even schedule that email and stuff, create all the assets. So like all the social media images and stuff like that. Like those are the smaller things that fit between. But what I really focused on, especially when it was just me and it, it's grown since it's been just me, but I just focused on like, what are the main things? Like it's find the guest, edit it, get it scheduled and ready to go, right? Like at the end of the day, that means you have a podcast. If I'm not emailing the guest, doesn't mean I have a podcast or not. If I'm posting on social media or not, doesn't mean I have a podcast. If you have an active podcast, all you have to do is really those few things. And so for me, it always starts with keeping the main thing, the main thing, and the rest of it drips out from there. Okay, so it sounds like Alex Vance's podcast, kind of like hit training, you know, like high intensity interval training. He goes hard at it for a period of time and then he gives himself a rest and then goes hard again. But we might all have slightly different models, right? All different modes. Some of us might be more marathon runners, slow and steady, but consistent. And some of us are sprinters where we complete maybe a whole season in just a few weeks. And then we take a long extend break before we get back into that sprint again. Podcast systems are not a one size fits all, but Alex has actually built something that can help with creating and managing these systems no matter what type of podcaster you are. Earlier, I referenced the, the word or the letters SOP, which stands for Standard Operating Procedures. And I developed a, a software called Podcast SOP. And the reason I did that, once again, is because people were trying to keep everything in their head versus somewhere else, right? Like on paper. And when I started using tools and I got organized, because again, initially, I was just trying to find guests. So everything was in my head. I was disorganized, even though I had the business background, I knew better. I was still like super disorganized. But I started searching around for tools and I, I started using Excel and then I started using, I believe it's Trello. And it, although they were good tools, they, they all do so much. Like, thank God for these tools that do all those things. But when you're someone like me who had no experience in these tools, I found it very overwhelming. And it's just not what I wanted. And as I talked to podcasters that were pod fading, because uh, there's so many of them doing this. Like, and again, I, I level back to that, that stress, that pressure that comes with it, this organization. And I started being like, well, why don't you try monday.com, right? So like a project management software. And like I did, it's just so much. And it's a good point. I'm like, okay, you're looking to do one thing and it does 20,000 things. I get that that's overwhelming and you're already stressed out and don't have time. Like now you have to go learn a whole software. Anyway, long story short, I decided, you know what? I'm not finding what I'm looking for. Other people are struggling too. I'm going to build something that can just help with this. So we built podcastsop.com. And for lack of a better term, it's project management software specifically for helping podcasters with their show production. It is my, my co-founder hates when I say this, but a glorified checklist that you create that basically you build your step-by-step -step and you can add notes, you can upload files, you can add dates. And anytime you want to do a new, once you build out your template, which you can use a template gallery that we have, or if you already have your system in place of like, here's the 20 steps I do, you can just have your own. You hit add new episodes, add new episode, ask for the dates and ask for the episode number and title. And then boom, it'll bust out everything that you're supposed to do, add the due dates automatically, add any notes or comments you had along the way and you're in business. And then you just check it off as you're going through it. Or like me, I have, again, 17 members. So we're collaborating. We're using the comments and going back and forth and figuring out how we can work together on, on the different pieces, make sure everyone's staying on time. But yeah, we built this because of the problem of 
hey, this is stressful. Podcasting is a lot of work. And here's the thing. If you're not a podcast host, like that's not, it's, it's a labor of love. There's a lot that goes into it. And for me, this really just helps they become less of a labor and more of something that you can just love along the way. So that's why we built Podcast SOP. And it's really been great to see how it's serving the podcasting space. Okay, so if I were to recap Alex's three secrets to not falling victim to pod fade, here's what they are. Step one, know your why and write it down. Okay, why are you starting your podcast? Step two, know who it is that you are serving. You started your podcast for a reason and for someone. Who is this someone to you? And step three, create your podcasting process and systemize it. And pro tip, if you want to get some help with systemizing your own podcast process so that it just happens without you having to use your own headspace trying to remember it all, then podcast SOP is what you need. This is going to help ensure you don't fall victim to pod fade. So how can you get in touch with Alex to learn more about it? So the best way to find me is everything I do is at podpros.com. Have, you can find me there. I'm very easy to contact, but it's all in that one spot. But Deidre, I really appreciate you having me and what you're doing here. I, I think that you're incredible. You're, you're incredibly helpful to the podcasting space, not just the, the listenership, but also to the other hosts in the space. So I just really appreciate what you're doing here and having me be part of it. Honored to be here. I appreciate that. Tech founder to tech founder in this podcasting space. It's definitely not an easy thing to do. If you want a cheat sheet for these three steps, make sure you get it in the show notes. And while we're all here, I wanted to include a little bonus and have Alex talk about another cool thing he's been working on. So you're, you're referring to podlottery.com. And so it didn't just come about, like I didn't wake up one day, I'm like, I'm doing this. No, it was the same thing. I was doing like research, talking to podcasters. And the other thing is podcasters often feel underappreciated. And I get it. It's, it's a weird medium. Like if, if I load up my phone right now and I, gum, I jump on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, any of these places, there's no way necessarily for me to reach out and be like, hey, podcast host, Mr. or Mr. Podcast, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Like it, it's not built like that. Nor when I'm listening, would I? Like earlier, I was listening to a podcast while I was running. I'm not going to be like, hold on, I got to stop and say thank you to this podcaster. Now, I will be real. I did actually take a screenshot of it and emailed it myself so I could actually find that podcaster, email them and say thank you. But the amount of people that are going to do that it's, it's very, very slim. And so the only way that people that are podcasting really have a way to know that they're reaching people is through Apple podcast reviews. It is like the most coveted thing. And there's a lot of controversy around, does it help the algorithm and stuff? And to me, that's really beside the point. What matters is the fact that I'm a podcaster and someone has publicly given me five stars more or less, right? And said, hey, I really appreciate this. Here's how it impacted my life. And that's just a cool thing. And then, so my show, I'm thankful. I have a few hundred, I don't know how many reviews I have, a couple hundred reviews or something like that. So like, it's always been great for me. And I've really appreciated that. I know people that podcast, they're a hundred episodes in, they have two reviews. One's their mom and one's their sister, you know? Like, so it's like, man, they've never really heard from anybody. And so we just wanted to build a way that people could leave each other reviews. And I found that podcast hosts are really kind to other hosts. So we actually did an alpha test of this and just did it manually. And basically we just put a bunch of people in a room and picked a name out of a hat every week. Whoever's name was picked, everyone would go listen to their show, then leave them a review. And every week we would just pick a new name. and. People loved it. We had 150 people on that alpha test. It was great. So long story short, we built out a software that basically you join, you listen and review a show, and we have ways of actually confirming that that's happening. We worked with Apple on this specifically, and they, which I'm very thankful for, they were willing to work with us. Once you've done that, you will get a ticket. With that ticket, you pick a number, and every night numbers are drawn. If your numbers are picked, you win reviews from multiple people who use the platform. And every day that resets. So every day, basically, you're going to go through and you're going to 
review another podcast or if you have a bunch of, if you're inviting people, you got the tickets saved up, you can just redeem them for numbers and hopefully win. But the idea is just, hey, these are podcast hosts that are listening to each other's shows and then leaving an Apple review, which is in turn helping one, people make connections, but two, people are getting real like thoughts from other people that are hearing their show. And I just think it's a really cool thing. So long story short, that's what we just built. And right now we're doing an early beta with a hundred people and I'm, I'm psyched about it. It's, it's been really cool already. Super cool. Okay, so please go ahead and check out everything Alex is working on at podpros.com. And you know another must-have tool to plug into your podcast process? Yep, Capture. Capture has been helping other podcasters save between one and four hours a week creating all their podcast promotion copy. And you can try it for free at capture.com. Com. That is C-A-P-S-H-O.com. So I'll leave those links in the show notes. Make sure you go and check them out. That's it for me today. Stay awesome.